And welcome to Catholics Coast to Coast, where we get a chance each week to really get into the deeper conversations of what's happening at Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio and encourage you in your walk with God to deepen your Catholic faith. And what better way to start that than with the Catholic conversation? We are diving into the celebration of St. Philomena as the feast day with Stephen Becky, welcoming in Father Fletcher and the author of the new book, My Name is Philomena, a Saint's Story. So we jumpstart that this week on Catholics Coast to Coast. Welcome back to the Catholic Conversation. I am Steve Green, the Cradle Catholic, here with my lovely wife Becky the Convert. We're thrilled to welcome to the program Father Peregrine Fletcher. He is a member of the Norbertines out at St. Michael's Abbey in California. Uh, he's their Master of Novices, and he's also the author of a great new children's book entitled My Name is Philomena, A Saint's Story. Father Peregrine, welcome to the Catholic Conversation. Thank you. It's very it's very good to be with you all, and I'm so excited to share with you about this uh, wonderful Saint uh, Saint Philomena. Yeah, we're and we're excited to dive into it too. We, we've got some we've got some special connections here in Phoenix to Saint Philomena, which Becky will uh, elucidate further <laughs> on in the conversation. But since the Father, since this is your first time with us on the Catholic Conversation, uh, may, maybe kick us off by just giving our listeners a, a brief autobiography of Father Peregrine Fletcher. Uh, who you are and where you come from and how you came to be one of the Norbertine canons, et cetera. And then you can, you can, if you would like, sure. tie that right into the genesis of this really cool Absolutely. project. Your, my my name is Philomena book. Well, I, it's, a, it's a really good question. Really, the genesis of the St. Philomena book is uh, really also uh, wrapped up with the genesis of my own vocation at St. Michael's Abbey. I will say that my biography is a lot less exciting than St. Philomena's. <laughs> I would I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very happy to share it nonetheless. So I entered St. Michael's Abbey in Southern California 10 years ago in 2013. Now, St. Michael's Abbey is the home of the Norbertine fathers and brothers. And there's right now, I think, around 100 of us who are living in or associated with the Abbey. Maybe they're at a parish or at a, one of our priories. But it was a very inspiring community to me in my mid-20s when I was discerning religious life. And uh, I saw at St. Michael's this great commitment to uh, the sacred liturgy. And I saw also a great commitment and devotion to the Blessed Sacrament and also a beautiful Marian devotion. And all of those things, especially when you combine that with uh, this lively brotherhood, this community living around the Eucharist and around Our Lady, and especially in the praise of God and worship of Him in the, in the, in the sacred liturgy, I was really hooked. And so I thought, I don't know if I'm called here, but I feel like I should give it a shot. And so I haven't left yet. And in fact, I made my uh, solemn profession of vows in 2019. And shortly after I was ordained a deacon, and then I was ordained a priest in uh, that very memorable year, 2020. Uh, and, uh, and so this year, I'm, I, I just it was two months ago, celebrated my third year anniversary as a priest. So I've been living as a priest these years, very happily serving at the Abbey as the Master of Novices. Before I was, uh, I had that this wonderful assignment, I was uh, serving as the guest master, helping the many pilgrims uh, that come to our Abbey and make retreats with us. So my life has been very full, it's been very beautiful, and it's all been uh, a, a very, thankfully, a very uh, God-directed 
life and vocation, which a mon monastic life just kind of makes uh, a non-negotiable central part of your life. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to be in a monastery, just so I wouldn't get too distracted. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you should know, we don't typically do episodes on children's books per se, simply mm. because it's it's not often that you have the opportunity to talk for 45 minutes about a kid's sure. book, even even when it's based on a saint or, of course, the, the richness of our faith. Uh -huh. But this one being about St. Philomena and you being a Norbertine, we felt that that was just such a nice combination of maybe the grander picture of, mm. of what our culture what our families are in need of these days. I mean, you you and I know there is such a confusion in society. There is such a, a loss first of that focus on, on a, on a God-oriented life, as you kind of alluded to with your life in the monastery. But in the families, in the homes, with adults and children alike, there is just so much confusion and distraction from what is true, good, and beautiful. And St. Philomena in a lot of ways for, from this aspect of femininity, um, from the perspective of strength and courage and just, just so many great virtues that manifest through her and her story. She is kind of a, a saint and an example for girls in so many ways for, for what they're called to, to in respect for their dignity and who they are. Mm -hmm. But then it also on, on the same hand, it's, it's for boys to be able to, and young men to see through her, what real femininity is and what they're supposed to respect. So I just all of that to say, I know not specifically that the book dives into that. It's just really about her. But I, I think that she represents more here, which is why I think it warrants a conversation. And I'm wow. hoping that we can kind of dive into some of those themes a little bit. And yeah. uh, maybe you can just kind of share, use that as a launch pad to talk about the book, talk about her a little bit. Absolutely. Well, firstly, I think I can say that you really understand her, and I'm so grateful because not everyone uh, sees St. Philomena as relevant, and there were some, I reached out to a number of publishers uh, with when I finished the book, and there was one distinct conversation, you know, from one publisher asking, really, how is St. Philomena relevant mm. today? Why would people want to pick up a book? And so they turned the book down, and in a way, that was, I was ready for rejection, in this, you know, when you're, sure. when you're trying to get a book published, but I was more sad for that perspective on St. Philomena, because just for all the reasons you said, I can't, I can't help but believe how relevant she is. And yeah. uh, they're, they're obviously by way of t a timeline where we're pretty distant from St. Philomena, but certainly not by way of grace. Yeah. Uh, and, and we are surrounded by the cloud of witnesses of the saints who are still relevant in the eyes of God. There is not one of them who is irrelevant. Their stories all still matter. And uh, to Christ, one day, uh, a thousand years are like one day. So mm. it's basically like St. Philomena lived yesterday in the mm. eyes of God. Mm. Um, so I'm so grateful that you have that perspective. And my hope is that uh, that may, when people pick up this book, or really there's a number of good books you can you can find about her. If it's not a children's book, I just want people to learn about her. In any case, she's she, she's someone who can still be a very helpful friend today. Yeah. We're talking to Father Peregrine Fletcher. Uh, he is a Norbertine canon master of novices at St. Michael's Abbey in California and the author of a great new children's book out from uh, Tan Books. My name is Philomena, a saint story. So, Father Peregrine, what, what's your personal connection to St. Philomena, and what was the inspiration to sit down? Now, it should be noted, too, you're both the author 
and the illustrator of this book. I really love the illustrations. And, and I, I don't just say that lightly. I'm actually not a big fan of many illustrations and many children. We have five kids. So we've made our way through a couple of kids' books over the years. Yeah. I'm generally very critical of the <laughs> illustrations. Like, ah. And anyway, all that to say. <laughs> Loved your illustrations and was really impressed that you both wrote it and illustrated it. But what what was the what was the genesis of this particular project? Why Saint Philomena, as opposed to you had thousands of options if you wanted to sit down and write and illustrate a a saint book for kids? So what was it about her and how did this thing kind of get launched? Right, it's a question I get asked a lot because you know I'm a as you've you mentioned and I've introduced I'm a Norbertine priest. Saint Philomena is not a Norbertine saint, you know, and we have a number of. Uh, saints in in our order who uh, we love and are devoted to. And so people ask, well, how is it that you decided St. Philomena of all the saints you could choose to introduce people to? And really, I was amazed. I knew nothing about her when I entered St. Michael's Abbey. And I discovered, happily discovered, when I uh, became a postulant and a novice uh, and lived in our novitiate building, that there was a statue of this mysterious uh, young virgin martyr and a relic of hers uh, always on display in our novitiate building. And not just, it wasn't just on display, but I noticed that the confreres, my brothers in the novitiate, would stop by her relic and her statue multiple times a day, would venerate the relic, would kneel before her, and would, they would be asking for prayers silently. It was a very beautiful witness of this starting this relationship with the saints, um, our brothers and sisters above. And uh, I just noticed that she had the attention of my community. And so it was really my Norbertine life and those early years of formation that inspired me to look into this saint. And I was a little, you know, I was hesitant. I didn't want to just fabricate, you know, this devotion, but I also wanted to see what this was all about. So I started talking to my brothers. I started I started stopping by that relic and I started asking for prayers. And I had the strong sense that she was really looking out for my community and looking out for me. And um, as months went by, I thought, I would like other people to know about St. Philomena. I would like to thank her for what uh, she has done for me and my brothers. And it it was, I guess, clear to me that it would, this would probably be something artistic. I love to draw. I've always loved to draw. Um, and I've more or less loved to write, but I was an illustrator definitely before I was a writer. Uh, so I thought, I'm, gonna, I'm going to begin writing and illustrating a story of her life. And I had no idea that it would ever become a published book. I wasn't sure whatever, what, what would happen to it. But I thought, I'm at least going to get started. And that was 10 years ago. Uh, so this project took me a long, long time, and that was primarily because I'm not first and foremost an author and illustrator. My the, the main the, the main uh, goal of my life is to be a good and faithful religious and to get to heaven. And so I have many obligations and duties that the abbey has asked of me, and my abbot has asked of me. And so I have to put all of those duties first, especially my life of prayer and my observance of the liturgy of the hours. Whenever the bell rings, I have to put down whatever I'm doing and get to the church to join my brothers. They're waiting uh, for, for all of us to come together and worship God. So uh, it took a long time, but that was, in a nutshell, really the impetus was, uh, was really my life and my vocation at the Abbey and uh, the, where I was introduced to this great saint. We're talking with the author of My Name is Philomena, A Saint Story, Father Peregrine Fletcher. And without obviously giving away the beauty of the book, I think you should go and get it. And especially um, as you look ahead already to 
I know December is far off right now, but you can always start thinking about what those books are going to be in your kid's St. Nicholas <laughs> shoes or, you know, what you're going to have um, under the tree. So I think this is a great children's book to share. But give us, for the, our listeners who aren't familiar with St. Philomena and her story and who she was, you know, let's dive into who she is and get to know her a little bit. Right. St. Philomena was a saint in uh, the ancient church, uh, the third and fourth century. And she is a really, really unique saint. Uh, And there are many, many miracles uh, which uh, have occurred, especially around her relics and her tomb. Uh, She's currently, her her, her skeleton, uh, her, her tomb is there. Uh, with a vial of her blood that was left behind in the catacombs that's all in southern Italy in a small town called Munano near Naples in southern Italy. And many pilgrims flock every year. I've had the great blessing to go myself when I was studying in Rome for one year. Some of uh, my confers, we got in a car and drove down and we got to see Padre Pio. We got to see uh, Mm -hmm. St. Philomena and we went to, to Monte San Angelo. And I was amazed because so many of the saints, including Padre Pio, had great devotion to St. Philomena. Uh, and today is it's the Feast of the Curie of Ars, and he in particular loved St. Philomena and had a strong devotion, had visions of St. Philomena, was healed himself of a, of a grave illness through the intercession of St. Philomena. And St. John Vianney said uh, he attributed the miracles which came to his parish in Ars, he he attributed those to the intercession of St. Philomena, which is amazing because there were many miracles. And of course, it's just like a saint to deflect the attention, Mm. you know, from yourself to someone else. And he did that with St. Philomena. He was her uh, scapegoat, so to speak, (laughs) a good scapegoat for all the good. And he built a little shrine and altar and it has a statue, had a statue uh, installed there. And you can still go to ours today and see St. Philomena standing there uh, at his parish in ours. Um, In any case, so she was a saint who was very beloved. The amazing thing about St. Philomena was her tomb was not discovered until May of 1802. Mm. And this was when excavators were uh, in the catacombs of St. Priscilla. And they were excavating and they came across a tomb which they had never seen before. And there was a grave marker, the Mm -hmm. terracotta tiles, Mm -hmm. uh, which said in Latin, uh, Pax tecum Philomena, peace to you, Philomena. And so this was a name they looked in the archives. They could not find record of a Saint Philomena. And they opened the grave and they found the skeleton of a 13-year-old girl and a vial of her blood, which was for many years always considered to be a sign of the martyr. She was there buried with the ancient Christians. And on the terracotta tiles, there was also not just her name, but there was an image of an anchor. There was an image of arrows. There was an image of a palm branch, a sign of martyrdom, and uh, uh, also an image of a a lily, which is the the sacred image of holy purity. So it was very clear that the ancient uh, Christians revered whoever this mysterious girl was, and that this girl gave her life uh, for Christ. And when they removed the relics, they brought uh, they brought those relics to the rare collections of uh, Christian antiquity at the Vatican, where they stayed for several years until a priest in southern Italy was looking for uh, 
the, uh, the relics of an ancient martyr for his church. And they said, well, we have St. Philomena and the permissions were granted for St. Philomena to be transferred to Munano where she is today. And wherever the relics went, miracles began happening. So many miracles, which are all confirmed uh, by the Bishop of Nola at the time. And, uh, and so she, word spread like fire through the church about this saint who's been pent up for so many years and now was exploding with graces and miracles for the church, which is why St. John Vianney started praying to her, St. Peter Julian Amar started praying to her later on uh, in history. We have uh, Padre Pio and St. Damien of Molokai who built a, a, a little shrine in her honor. Um, goodness, these are just a handful of saints who are devoted to her. So, And then also uh, in the 1830s, uh, there were several visionaries who had the revelations and apparitions of St. Philomena who shared with them some details of her life story that confirmed everything that was on her gravestone, all the images, and that also confirmed uh, were confirmed really with the details about the way Diocletian, the Emperor Diocletian, um, uh, would torture Christians with anchors, with arrows, uh, and the like. So um, the church approved St. Philomena's story to be told, saying that there's nothing in her story contrary to the faith, and this is a story that can be shared among the faithful. And so the story of her this discovery of her relics, uh, the revelations concerning her, like I said, that spread like wildfire through the church, and miracles started happening. And so popes, this got the attention of the popes, uh, who gave her a liturgical uh, feast day, who granted an office of, uh, to her in her honor in the, in the bravery, who established uh, the confraternity of St. Philomena, which later became the arch uh, confraternity of St. Philomena, which then became the universal arch confraternity, which is, is, it's still in operation today. I think that was Pope Pius X that established that. So the popes loved her, the saints loved her. So many of the faithful began to be devoted to her. Can you clarify for me, because I don't think I am clear on... Are you saying that her, the discovery of her remains and the relics was the first encounter with yes. her fr- uh, since her since her passing, and her story has been revealed then through her vis- her appearing to to saints throughout the years, yeah. and that's how we yes. learned how she actually came to be a martyr. Right, right. Basically, th- this is what makes her such a unique saint because she was also give, canonized uh, based on the miracles which happened around her relics. Usually the popes know the story right. and detail of the life, right. but she was, she was really unique in this way. So yes, she was discovered in 1802. It was very clear that uh, she was revered by the ancient Christians, but then she was lost in obscurity mm. uh, for centuries. And so the discovery of her tomb and her name and her relics and these symbols all gave us more or less her story. The revelations which came especially to a Dominican tertiary sister, her name is Mother Maria Luisa de Jesus in 1833. These all confirmed historically what they found in excavating her tomb and also the the history of Emperor Diocletian. When you compare her story also to those other ancient virgin martyrs, it's it's not, it's obviously an extraordinary story, but it's very much in keeping with the uh, tradition of, uh, of the ancient uh, virgin martyrs. So yes, she's strangely a recent saint, recently discovered saint, but one who is from very ancient days. Mm. So thrilled to be talking to Father Peregrine Fletcher. He is one of the Norbertine canons of St. Michael Abbey in California. He's their master of novices. He's also the author of a wonderful 
new children's book out from Tan Publishers entitled My Name is Philomena, A Saint's Story. So, Father, when we went to the break, I, I had teed up that question that uh, one of the publishers that said no to the book had, had had thrown back at you as well, and which is how how is this 13-year-old virgin martyr from back in the Roman Empire and the early church relevant to the 21st century. There, there seems like, as you said, I, I love the way you said it too, by the way, on the surface, there's a huge disconnect. There's a, a great distance in time, but no distance in grace. Uh, just, just walk out how you see her as being relevant for our time, because I think there's so much there worth exploring. Right. And that's, that's in a way, the difficulty of the question is there's so much. So I'm going to point out to, uh, to you, I think I've learned from having having dived into her story and been in the story of St. Philomena for these 10 years, and really what a blessing that's been for me to be able to see why she's relevant. And I think, number one, the first thing that comes to mind is that she made a decision for God. She made a decision to love him uh, from her youth. And sometimes I think that people regret the decisions they make when they're young, and they wish they, you know, had made their life decisions when they were a little bit older and wiser. Uh, but St. Philomena shows that if you make a decision for God to love him and give yourself to him, um, you can you can really hang your hat on that. You can really live by that. And that's a worthy and a noble thing. And so she was this young girl, 13, and she, she vowed her life to Christ. And she lived by that commitment, and she died by that commitment, and she really showed that no other commitment which was presented to her uh, was worthy to trump or overcome that initial original commitment that she made. So I think number one is that we can our, our choice to put God first and to love him uh, from our youth is worthwhile. It's a beautiful thing, and sometimes you hear from parents that they want their they, they want to their child to make decisions about God or religion later on in life, you know. But this story just shows that it, you're never too young to to totally give yourself as a gift to God and and let Him write your life story. So I think that this is what our culture needs to to be committed and then remain committed. There's there's a lot of I don't know how to say it. Let's see, inconsistency in people's religious observance mm -hmm. uh, these days. Maybe they, maybe there always has been, but it's something I see a lot. So the idea that we have this ancient saint showing modern people how to make a decision to love God and then to live and die by that, I think that's just the perfect example for our our young people and frankly people of any age you know we always from our birth to our death will always have temptations and trials uh, and we'll always be pulled to give up but uh, we're, we're but saint philomena shows us that we don't have to do that and it will our lives will end with great joy and uh, full of meaning and fulfillment if we stay close to him walk us through her life and her story and what that commitment meant from such a young age, how that was challenged, how she, of course, encountered the ultimate persecution that she did. Um, what, let, let's get some of the details about that, because I think that speaks to the relevance. Honestly, we've we've talked in our household, and I know this has been conversation even in, in with other couples that are like-minded in our in our community. 
where we live in a culture that does suggest everything is feelings-based and you might change your mind about this and you might change your mind about that. And there's very much this this wishy-washy approach to our lives and how we live them out, especially when we're talking about the essence of who we are as male and female and our sexuality and, you know, the union of marriage. And, you know, we've talked about with our kids, like once once you know that like premarital sex is not on the table, it's it's not an option or abortion would it's just not an option or for us as a married couple divorce is just not an option it's not even on the table as a consideration to talk about as even a potential you know if with this exception this might be a possibility so once that's taken up there's such freedom in being able to live out regardless of what challenges that may come um to live out with that firm vow and that firm commitment in place. And she, St. Philomena, reflects that to me in this culture. So, but, but, but her story itself has some details to it. And I think it's important for us to see that because I think you can make the connections quite easily then to what we face as modern day Catholics. Right. Well, gosh, I think that hearing you say that you might as well have been a modern day St. Philomena. I think she had that perspective, that non-negotiable uh, perspective on the commitment that she made to follow Christ and now what was off the table for her, no matter mm. what came her way. And the amazing thing that came her way in her life was that she was presented, you know, with uh, th- this amazing marriage opportunity with the Roman emperor, Diocletian. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would have been an incredible honor for her and for her family to be able to say that she was the bride of this this emperor. And that would have elevated her status. But she so well understood that the one she had already given her heart to was the God of the universe. And so not there was no earthly power that compared. But this is uh, important because um, when when we make a commitment for Christ, and whether it's whether you're a religious mm-hmm. uh, brother or father or sister, or if you're a married couple, whatever your commitments are, very often we'll see something that looks like a better option come our way Mm -hmm. and will be presented a very compelling reason, a very uh, convincing narrative for why we should give up our previous commitment for this better commitment, which which will raise our status or increase our reputation in the eyes of others. Um, So St. Philomena was presented with precisely this decision, but for her, it was just a Mm non-issue. She was not going to do this, and her parents did. uh, They seemed open to this, and they themselves were new new Christians after their conversion. They themselves uh, couldn't—they were having a hard time conceiving a child, and it was only after their conversion that St. Philomena was born. And as I mentioned, she was she 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 uh, her, she was presented with this uh, marriage at the age of thirteen, and then uh, when she turned it down, she was thrown in in prison and uh, was tortured immensely and experienced great darkness. And this is really the story of the ancient Christians who mm-hmm. were treated so brutally and so miserably. And it didn't matter your age; uh, there was great cruelty in, in in this early attempt to stamp out Christianity altogether. So Saint Philomena was really uh, surrounded by. Uh, th- this culture that was so inimical to the commitment that she she made. So she had uh, she was uh, experienced great darkness in prison. She was shot out with arrows. She was uh, they had a, she was thrown into the Tiber with an anchor tied around her neck, and she always remained firm. You know, 
nothing compelled her. It was amazing that this uh, this emperor who was trying to convince her to marry him was using all of these really awful uh, means, uh, but none of it compared to the great means by which God convinced her to give to give him her heart, and and that was by love. You know, and that always trumped everything Diocletian uh, threw at her, and so. Um, in any case, at the end, he he himself uh, is said to have uh, beheaded her, and so she she does give up her life. But then she becomes this great saint, and she becomes a bride in heaven. So it was amazing. The story ends with Diocletian killing her, but her receiving what she always wanted in the first place, which was the fulfillment of her love for our Lord and becoming his bride, and in an unbreakable way, uh, you know, being with him forever in heaven. And that was something I really wanted to come to the book, that also Christ was with her, sustaining her from the beginning to the end. And now that's something that can never be taken away from, from her or any of the saints who have, who have made it to their, their eternal crown. Yeah, that's beautiful. Celebrating the Feast of St. Philomena with this week's Catholic Conversation. If you want to find out more, not only on what you might have missed, but the conversations to come, check us out at Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio. We're going to take a quick break, but when Catholics Coast to Coast returns, Forte Catholic diving into the world of chat GPT. And now, you may not have heard this yet, that you can actually chat with Bible characters They're going to have a little fun with that and then see truly how it can affect your faith. And then their review of Oppenheimer through a Catholic lens. We'll get to that next on Catholics Coast to Coast. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN Radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central. It's like podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today. For the Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Olivia Eugene Harris. Uh, so uh, I found this last night as I was like preparing for the show. Okay. And by that, I mean playing video games and thinking about the show. Scrolling. <laughs> uh, so I, I play this, this video. I'm, I'm back playing this video game that I used to play like crazy. What? It's called Rainbow Six Siege. Oh, I remember uh, when you would talk about that. Yeah. So I, I, I played it for years and then I retired. Okay. And like pretty good at the game uh, <laughs> while I was playing this game. And I, I was okay. dead. You were so dead. I, I was scrolling through my phone <laughs> and I saw this thing. And you've heard of Chat GPT. Yeah. Yeah, I don't it's, really get it, like, but yeah. So essentially, it's like, you know, uh, Elon Musk in a phone. I don't know. Oh. So it, he just sits around all day yeah. and he gives you answers. No, so the, they, they took all this AI stuff where they like, aggregated the whole internet and you can have conversations with it yeah but uh hyped google yeah like for real where you can have like conversations and like there have been some like good uses for this like there's like i I know they're doing a lot of work with like uh elderly people that are feeling lonely like they can have conversations with with them like that so it's like it's still kind of sad but it's better than nothing i guess i don't know uh but i saw this new one because uh some of the podcasts i listen to uh it's been kind of like one of them works in ai like one of the podcasters that really? uh, on one of the shows. Yeah. And he's been like using AI, like once a show it's called pints with Jack. So they're talking about CS Lewis. Right. Oh. And so like 
there, there's like these two scholars on the show. And then there's this one like normal dude like me, right? And like sometimes it can feel like he doesn't have as much to contribute because there's <laughs> these two scholars and then somebody like me, right? Uh, I love him. He's great. Uh, but so what he started doing is kind of one of his con- contributions to the show is like he asked ChatGPT these questions about like something. What was, you know, what was C.S. Lewis's life it, like in 1946 when he was writing this book? And, and he asked and like. ChatGPT is actually doing a pretty good job and like he works with AI so like he kind of knows what's going on I don't know what's going on but I found this app where it's ChatGPT Jesus where I can text questions to uh, it's not just Jesus I can text questions to Jesus and he responds I can text (laughs) questions to Mary, Joseph, Peter John the Baptist, Abraham Moses, Noah Job and Esther and essentially this is my prayer life now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so, so somebody says what's prayer life for you it's like a conversation with jesus and i'm like i know exactly what you mean i text him all the time <laughs> so you have a personal relationship with jesus I christ i do i do finally the Catholics we're on a texting that. basis not dms not email we're on a texting man basis. that's pretty tight so i, I oh. It, oh. it works pretty well i so, love his uh picture i think that's hilarious so yeah why isn't I, it jonathan rumi i think that'd be really funny uh but probably because of copyright so all oh, right um so I opened okay. up this chat last night while I'm... Is it really called Chat with Jesus? What is it really It's called, called Text Jesus. That is the name of the yes. app. But you actually get more than Texting Jesus. You get all those other people. You do. You do. So they should call it Text with Jesus. I, th- I, think, I think you can like pay to unlock like some other people, but like... <laughs> Uh, like Judas, can you talk Ju- to Judas? Not legitimately, <gasps> he's one of the unlockable characters. I don't know how to three dollars a month or thirty dollars a year to, to text to Judas. Judas. I, I might it do hot it where you are and be like, "How's where? hell?" Yeah, you got. Okay, go ahead. Okay. All right. What did you and Jesus so, uh, chat about? Maybe, maybe in the future, if this yeah. goes well, maybe I'll spend the three dollars for next for next yeah. episode. To, uh, we should have a wheel yeah. and we spin it and see who we have to unlock on the we show. You have to decide <gasps> the question you're going to ask, and yes. then we roll the wheel for who we're That's asking. A new <laughs> That's a new. I've got a wheel at home that we used to use on you my do. shows because I don't have a career. Go ahead. Good. Okay, we can ask Jesus about we that. We ask Jesus so about that. I open up this chat with Jesus. Okay. Last night, August 3rd yeah. at 12.07 a.m. And he good, says, yeah. hey there, I'm Jesus. Nice to meet you. Which is offensive. That is offensive. I've worked for you for 13 years. He should know, he should know every hair on your head. That's not zero. <laughs> not very That's impressive these days. That's why he didn't know your days. name. Yeah, this is okay. And Jesus, nice to meet you. Which is a little offensive. It is offensive. Uh, but then he says, how can I help with, you, help with you today? With like the happy face with the red cheeks emoji. Oh, Jesus is using emojis he's now. happy to hear from you. He's happy to meet me. So <laughs> honestly, I didn't even see that part until just now. But that's hilarious. Jesus is a fifteen-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. Welcome Nobody to the theology it. channel. So uh, I said, "What should I talk about on my Catholic podcast tomorrow?" Because I was doing show prep, and this yeah. is how I prep now. Why not ask the big guy? So this is nice. It's a long message. It's as if I wrote you back. L- yes, exactly. <laughs> Except it's one See, long would, message instead of eight his small ones. Likeness. What does he say? Read it. The whole thing. Don't uh, skip. It says that's great that you have a Catholic podcast, which was the first test. Because usually, when Jesus stuff exists, it's anti-Catholic. <laughs> Oh, good point. So I, I, I made point. sure to say Catholic podcast to test out the app. Right. So I, a bit, 
I thought that by the end he'd be like, "Oh, good to hear. Have you heard about the Bible? Have you been saved? Where's you know? Have you been baptized?" Do we have a personal you know, relationship person. I don't know your name. I'm texting you right now. You yeah. don't know who I am. <laughs> Jesus marked me as spam. Um, so it says that's great that you have a Catholic podcast. There are so many wonderful talk about, uh, topics you can explore. How about discussing the power of forgiveness and reconciliation? What is probably the topic I talk about most on this show? We talk about that all the time. Constantly. I talk about how we like the yeah. confession lines need to be longer. You go to confession every day. You should be reconciled with the Jesus that I'm texting. The Jesus, right? I talk about it all the time. He says, "Shouty Jesus, go you, ahead." You can t- delve into how forgiveness not only brings healing in our hearts, but also fosters unity and peace in a relationship. So, like going to confession, true. not just about a relationship with God, but yeah. it also like heals our our human. So far, he's redeeming himself. Hey. The redeemer. <laughs> okay. Um, he didn't. He clearly didn't t- text you notes. I want to say so. Uh, you can share stories from the Bible. Uh, such as the the parable of the prodigal son, which I've talked about a lot, or examples from the saints who exemplified forgiveness. Saints. Jesus is texting me about saints on what Whoa. I what I assumed was going to be a maybe anti Catholic. He's saying uh, share the prodigal son, which like share for the Bible, yeah. which like one I do, but then also yeah. like if I'm going to talk about forgiveness, I like literally my forgiveness talk that I give like yeah. people pay me to go is about the prodigal son. This is creepy, right? <laughs> Whoa. But, and then also what's creepy is everybody that listens to the show knows that like the biggest hole in my Catholic knowledge is saints. So my initial thing was going to be like, let's talk about confession and reconciliation, forgiveness. I'm going to use the prodigal son thing. And the biggest hole that I have in my knowledge is like, oh, also here's some saints that perfectly. So he does know you. Uh, he does. <laughs> he doesn't know my name, but he knows me a lot. <laughs> Examples from saints who exemplified forgiveness, like St. Maria Goretti. Another idea is to explore the concept of love as taught by Jesus. You can dive into the different types of love that I've mentioned in Scripture, such as different types of love. You know this. Yeah. Well, I want to hear what Jesus says. You, you mean don't like, know. yes, you mean like the different types, like uh, like philia and yes. all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. So I'm just trying to make all you right, look smart. I know. I'm you know. smart. Uh, there's agape, unconditional love, philia, yep. brotherly love, or yeah. eros, my favorite. Um, <laughs> You're so gross. <laughs> discuss how we are called to reflect God's love in our daily lives and how it transforms our relationships with others. Remember, these are just suggestions. Pray for guidance and let the Holy Spirit inspire you with what your listeners need to hear. May God bless your podcast, which is. Me, weird me, because yeah he's like my god he's like he's him but also may i bless your god also he your said remember podcast. these are just suggestions pray for guidance let the holy spirit inspire you that was 1207 last night i went to bed not too long after that i woke up right before you got here clearly didn't pray about what we were talking about today i'm using jet gpt <laughs> oh so i didn't gosh. listen what do you think i thought that was pretty good i think that's incredible I really do. Um, so then, therefore, that leads me to believe that Scott Hahn is behind this <laughs> this app. No, Which, I think this app has been around, around for 40 years, and Scott Hahn has been using it. And that's how oh, I got so popular. And that's how we have Scott Hahn. I, I'm going to be so popular now. Scott Hahn is AI. <laughs> yeah. All of his books were not written by a human. Got it. No. But it would be interesting I mean, honestly, to know who if, did we, this. if we look at Scott Hahn. <laughs> It kind of seems like his life is bit written by AI. They're like, oh, let's make him a Protestant preacher and then have him convert. And he True. can write about his conversion. And then he became a Catholic theologian. It's like, teach it seems like it's a story things. written to sell books, honestly. That's true. <laughs> He's not real. We knew it. No, but I mean, it would be interesting to know who that man makes right this. There isn't real. Have you seen that video? No. I had to edit it for. What was that for? 
the lady on the plane that says, says you were sitting <gasps> next to an alien? Yes. Yeah. You didn't recognize it because I didn't say I the, did it. The yeah, word you that did she it. Says. You did it in your voice. You do. You have like a um. You have like a, a Jim Gaffigan voice. I forgot that you you do. Oh, that was just me trying to impersonate a woman. I. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> so does Jim. <laughs> You're just as funny as Jim Gaffigan. I. Love that. I love yeah, that. I love that. Yeah, you, you compared me yeah. to him right when he's uh, making some Catholics angry. I love that. It's a great oh, comparison. Is he? For no reason. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, That's Catholic, fine. Catholics on the internet. Are whatever. Stupid. <laughs> I don't know. He has a new special on Amazon or something. But anyway, but I was just going to say, pale. like, Dark Pale. Did you watch it? I did not. I have not. Anyway, but I was just trying to say, I'd like to know who's behind that. It would be nice to know if it's like um, Halo, Halo. Oh, no. That's okay, not. I don't know. <laughs> I like it has like, one of our friends. So you know, maybe somebody we know. Uh, is Katie McGrady behind that thing? No, it has. I'm just kidding. It it only has 185 ratings. Like this is new. Like it. So no, we it's dig, not. We could dig a little and find out. What if it's like some Baptist small church? Well, that's the thing. It can't be because it was nice to the Catholics. What if the Baptists in Mississippi it's, and a small church oh, are this nice is a, to Catholics? I love this. You know who's behind this? Who? Catloaf Software Limited Liability Company. What does that mean? Catloaf Software. Catloaf? Hilarious. As in, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny, though. Is it Catholic sweet bread? Because oh, this that, is, this those is, are our people. I lo- we are catloafs. I, I would have never looked at this. I'm, I'm glad you're here. See? Uh, you, know, <gasps> you know what else? Say that again. Uh, you know what I'm else that they they've created? What? You can also do texts from Bernie Sanders, <laughs> <laughs> texts from the founding fathers, texts from Oscar oh. Wilde. Um, there's a keyboard cat. What I, does that I, mean? I don't know, a but I love cat. Uh, cat loaf, obviously. Um, C A T. Yes, cat. <laughs> so let's ask Bernie Sanders about. <laughs> no, we're doing okay, this. We're not. Okay. We're not doing that. I I had one more question. So okay, I, what, what I want you to be thinking about? Yes, as uh, I asked him about you. Oh. So I'm going to see what Jesus has to say to you. He doesn't know your name either. All of a sudden. Um, <laughs> but. The, I got really nauseous. <laughs> what is Jesus hasn't spoken to me in years. <laughs> um, I, I, I want you to be thinking about a question that you want to ask uh, either Jesus, Mary, Joseph. It sounds like I'm cussing. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> Jesus, an Irish cuss. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Uh, you can ask Peter, John the Baptist, Abraham, or Moses, no or locked. Noah. Uh, no, no one is locked. locked. I don't have any money. Uh, do you have three dollars? Okay. So um, <laughs> no, I gave away dolls, so I don't. All right. So here's here's I asked I asked okay. Jesus about you. Okay? All right, go ahead. And then we'll do one where you ask somebody something. Okay. I said, my friend has had a difficult year. What should I say to encourage them and let them know that they are loved and safe? I'm glad that you use my pronouns, them and they. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I didn't want to give anything you away about your life. <laughs> you did it. You didn't give it away. I didn't even want to tell Jesus. You know, it's like talking to a medium. You're yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. that might be what I'm doing. Um, so I want you to know before before oh. Jesus anything. I want you to know that I cared if you were loved and safe. Oh, that is very sweet. Oh, oh, I didn't even need Jesus for that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> That is why you did it, because you do have Jesus, Taylor. Okay. Okay, go ahead. What did he say? He doesn't know my name. I'm still mad about that. Okay. (laughs) He said, it's wonderful that you want to provide comfort and encouragement to your friend. Sometimes simple words spoken from the heart can make a big difference. You can start by expressing your concern and empathy, saying something like, hey, friend. (laughs) Please do this. Hey, friend. I've noticed that you've had a tough year. And I I just want you to know that I care about you deeply. It's like an SNL skit. <laughs> it seems nice, but he just put into quotations what I said in my question. 
but added, hey, friend. He did. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, because he was saying his name, as uh, in the person. As in the, the God. Let them know that they are not alone by assuring them of God's love and faithfulness. You can even say something like, here's what I'm saying to you. <laughs> even in the midst of hardships, remember that God is with you every step of the way. He loves you unconditionally and wants to bring healing and peace into your life. Encourage them with a verse such as Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, where Jesus says, come to me, all who are lit. Where Jesus says, why is he speaking in the third verse? That is weird. <laughs> where I said, <laughs> where Jesus says, Come to me, all who are labor and, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Remind them that they can find solace in Jesus's and my embrace <laughs> when facing different. No, I'm going to say Jesus' embrace <laughs> when facing difficulties. Lastly, let them know that you, they have your support by saying, I'm here for you as well. If there's anything I can do or if you ever need to talk with uh, someone to talk to or pray with, please don't hesitate to reach out. Your presence, this is not the end of quote, your presence and willingness to listen can be a tremendous source of comfort. Mm. Remember to pray for your friend too. offer up prayers on their behalf for strength, healing, and peace. God bless both of you. I had nothing to say. And Jesus told me what to say to you. Do you feel <laughs> healed? Did it work? I feel supported by you and Jesus. By me and Jesus. That's yeah, all we needed. That's it. I'm, I'm healed. <laughs> You're healed. <laughs> it's a it. miracle. <laughs> Thanks, Jet GPT Jesus. For God, we asked you instead of Bernie. <laughs> or Abraham should Lincoln. should ask Bernie. It'd be I, very funny to ask I want to ask. <laughs> I want to ask George Washington and everybody about Hamilton. The what do you think, what do you think do. about your portrayal of Hamilton? I want to know. Okay, know let's do the Jesus the thing. Now. Who do you want to ask? Right. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, or one of the other people? Oh, I want to ask Mary. Okay, what do you want to ask Mary? Oh, let's see what she says. She's, oh, she's, she's there's typing. three dots. Oh, she, that was fast. Greetings and peace be with you. I am Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ. <gasps> Which is another thing. That is true. Oh, Look they at did that. say mother of Jesus Christ, they not mother of God. Anyway. They um, say eternal virgin. How may I but... assist you today? So Mary's standing, Mary standing at a help desk. <laughs> I feel like I'm ordering a Chick-fil-A. Hey, hail Mary, behind the help desk, I have a question for you. This really Blessed are you among women, and here is my question. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of pressure. I mean, like, is she busy? Does she have other people she's chatting with? Are you busy? <laughs> no, that's not what I was going to ask. Taylor, you're wasting it. It's like, is this like a genie? You have three? Oh. Not at all. I'm here to listen and help. Please feel free to share whatever is on your mind or ask any question you may have. How can I be of service? She okay. sent She sent a rose. Oh, that is And lovely. stars? I guess that's oh, where she lives. She's stuck. <laughs> an idiot <laughs> ask her if she should i ask something really specific like did she see me at her house what, in turkey what, what, oh, yeah. <laughs> do we want to ask her did you see me at well now it's really specific she's her house she's gonna say in yes turkey? what is mary gonna say no i was getting milk Oh. Well, I would have loved to see you and meet everyone who visited our home in Turkey. I must clarify that as Mary, the mother of Jesus, I lived in Nazareth, not Turkey. I knew she wasn't going to know this Catholic tradition. <laughs> the Interesting. <town> of, <laughs> I lived in Nazareth, not Turkey. The town of Nazareth is located in what is now modern-day Israel. However, it warms my heart to know that ver people from various places continue to seek and find inspiration in, in the life and teachings of my son. If there is anything specific you would like to know or discuss about Jesus or any other matter, please feel free to ask. So she keeps leading us to Jesus. Yeah, that's the good thing. That's right? nice. So, that's deep uh, it's also very Protestant, uh, but also deep theology. It, it's very good. It's like it, it's funny. It's like the cat. Yeah, it, it answered for the Catholic podcast well, but it's also like that's why it took her forever. She's like, did I live there? <laughs> Jesus. We're not sure. <laughs> when were we in Turkey? Is that where we escaped when I was pregnant? Yeah. 
All right. She might not remember, but she's, that's how when she was. Even she's thing. like, I mean, I went after. to Egypt. <laughs> exactly. She's like, come on, guys. All right. Well, uh, I, as you can clearly tell, Chad GPT Jesus broke my brain. Uh, we're going to talk about Oppenheimer. Yeah. And I'm Liv Harrison, by the way. Uh, they, they know. They've been they, listening they, for a while. No, they might not. It's so stupid. I, I've been thinking about that for forever. There's no reason for me to do that anymore. It's just the know. old radio thing in me. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> Whatever. It's, it's nice. All right. Yeah, we're going to talk about Oppenheimer. I, it's like, we're still here. and It's still the same people. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you're a big movie person. I'm a big movie person. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, we are. I haven't been to the movies much this year. Uh, I've been a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy for you. Uh, <laughs> but, f- uh, you know, the big movie event of the summer was a few weeks ago with Barbie Heimer. Right. right. Barbie and Oppenheimer coming out the same weekend. And Tom Cruise being prideful enough to release his movie on the same weekend and not moving. And therefore, he got crushed. Uh, he opened way before that. I saw. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. It was the same weekend. It was not the same weekend. It I was... saw it way before. Uh, let's make a bet. Ask Jesus. Ask Jesus. <laughs> we can't go back to this. We, this is going to be great. No, because no. the whole thing was he didn't get any IMAX theaters because. No. Uh, Mission Impossible was way before that. So that way before those films. Uh, anyway, go ahead. I've seen all of them. Kay. Go ahead, Tay. Uh, I, I <laughs> am uh, currently. Actually, by the time you're listening to this. Uh, uh-huh. I will have finished every Mission Impossible movie except for the one that just came out in theaters. It's the because best. The best one. I had never watched any of them. And uh, my last trip to like Pittsburgh, Ohio, when I went up to Catholic Family Land a few weeks ago, I watched. I had watched one a few months ago. And then I watched two, three, and four on the planes. Yeah. I'm, I fly out tomorrow. So as you're listening to this, last, this past weekend, um, I fly out tomorrow. And I'll be watching the next Mission Impossible's on my flights to and from Good. Pittsburgh. So, because I'm, I'm going to see Father Anthony, and then I'm going to Catholic Family Land again to, to do the talky talk to the kitty kids. So, how long will you be gone? Uh, I'm going to be with Father Anthony from Friday until Friday night through Monday, and then I'll go to Catholic Family Land from Monday through uh, Monday Tuesday, and then I'll fly back Wednesday morning. Nice, and I fly out Thursday. So, high five. Yeah. <laughs> we'll miss each other. Uh, will we? <laughs> uh, so. Uh, I fi- so you're gonna finish it. Finally, yeah, I'm gonna get, gonna go finish those and then you okay. know watch it when it comes to streaming, I guess. So, uh, but I didn't. I haven't seen Barbie, and we because I've been traveling and then I got sick and we were busy. Like I, I haven't been to go see. I, like I wanted to go see Barbieheimer that weekend. Sure. And I still haven't seen Barbie. And I finally went to go see Oppenheimer yesterday. Uh, my sister is off on Wednesday. She came and watched the kids so we could go watch a three hour movie. In in IMAX, we got to go see it in, yeah. in IMAX. Yeah. Uh, did you know that like, so the one of the big stories was that like, the IMAX has been a lie our entire lives. Did you hear about this story? No. Why? That like okay, so like the IMAX that Nolan filmed it on is seventy mm. Yeah. How do you or, say it? I, I don't know. Seventy mm. Seventy millimeter. I don't even know the number. But yeah, it, like, and there's it, only two in the state of Texas. Two theaters. Yeah. So I asked if you knew this, and you're like, no. And then well, you I know didn't more know about me. The live thing. Uh, I don't know what that means. That's so, not even like IMAX wasn't real. I see. What well, you're it's saying. not. I see. So there's oh. there's only like I, I don't know. It's like tw- eighteen or twenty theaters I in the see. U.S. that are like true IMAX. Like what he filmed it on. It's like we're seeing like a digital copy, which like is what I thought I, we've been doing this whole time. Like I didn't know there were still theaters that used like film. I didn't understand I what you were just, saying. Like, e- now I get it. I thought it just emailed like a PDF, yeah. like a, not a PDF, but like a file. I like agree. I share fi- like all like this show is just digital files. Like yes. I, so, I don't know. Uh, I didn't know what that meant with the, the theaters that have 70 mm. I didn't know what that meant. I was like, so is it just more or less pixely? Like I didn't know what it meant. Yeah, but now no that idea. makes it's, sense. I think it's just a snobby thing, which I'm I surprised gotcha. you didn't fly to some 
theater okay, that you know what? to go see. But it. now but, I get it. Now I get it. Okay, thank but, you. You educated me. I like we went and I forget what the last movie we saw in IMAX was, but like yeah. IMAX is incredible, especially is. like the audio is so much better. Like usually in theaters, like it's too quiet for me. Like we're old, so we I watch everything with uh, captions on at home. Same. So it's like I need I need to be able to hear, but like IMAX, it's like. You could hear yeah, it. You feel like, it. Oh, yeah. Like, you feel in IMAX. Insane. So, like, we knew we had to go see Oppenheimer in IMAX. But, yeah. like, it had been a few weeks. So, we were like, are we going to be up? Like, we're trying to book times to see the movie on Wednesday. And, like, on Monday night on Fandango, they still don't have IMAX times. Because it's been two and a half weeks since the movie came out. Hmm. And, like, finally, like, on Tuesday, they put out IMAX times for Wednesday. So, like, thank God. Because, like... Like uh, it's one of those movies where it's like you want to watch it in IMAX, yeah. not like at home. It's like we have a nice TV, but it's like certain movies you want to see on yeah. the big screen, right? And this is like a big screen movie. So uh, I went and saw it. You went and saw it. What'd you think? Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I it was okay. And I'm a big movie person. I'm a huge movie person. I can talk about the things that I really loved about it that wouldn't give anything away, but it wasn't. I don't think it was as hypey as it should have been like the film to me wasn't as fantastic as people because people were losing their minds they were like this is chris nolan's best work this is da, 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 like all this stuff and so Meanwhile, I went the in, dark knight simply exists yeah i mean <laughs> and so i went in i i i like chris nolan he's not my favorite director but he's not my least favorite director by any means but there's a lot of his films that i love i i thought it was just really well balanced like there there were pe- like for any um any uh, view on atomic bombs, any view on war, that any view on government was represented in the movie. So sure. it's like it, it was like there, there well were rounded. Yeah. Like so I, I felt like everybody kind of got to have their say. I, I really enjoyed it. Getting a good look at the movie Oppenheimer before you head to the theater with the big bucket of popcorn and seeing it through a Catholic lens. If you want to hear the full conversation, Forte Catholic always available on Podcast Central when you go to EWTN.com slash radio. Check that out as we get set to wrap things up with this week's Word on the Word. Okay. So say our friend asks if you would like to go to dinner and you say no. Okay, I'm following. All right. And then she asks me if I want to go to dinner and I say, sure. Do you immediately regret saying no? Kind of. I have a fear of missing out. Well, perhaps it's how the Jews felt. In Paul's time, relatively few Jews were believing that Jesus was their Messiah, while tons of Gentiles were following Christ's teachings. Maybe the Jews felt like they had first dibs on being God's people. Huh. I never thought of it that way. But the reading also says, for if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? What does that mean? Well, one way you can interpret it is if the Jews' sin and rejection resulted in the salvation of the Gentiles, then the Jews' reconciliation to God will yield even greater results. And what's greater than the salvation of souls? Yeah, that's true. This week, we challenge you to pray for the conversion of souls. And catch us next week right here on EWTN. Bye. Toodles. Great insights from today's reading at Mass, and you can always check this out on Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio, and any and all of our shows are always right there for you to subscribe, follow, like, so you don't miss what is to come, and we'll do it again next weekend. I'm Ace McKay. Always let God be the one who defines you, and I'll see you back next week for Catholics Coast to Coast.